Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 4 of the show and in this edition the subject at hand is the long-awaited Resident Evil 2 2019 reimagining, which is now out worldwide. My name is Cyniac, you can just call me Cy, and joining me on the panel this week, he got a call last week to stay away, it's Serial Box 64, Jordan Sugru. Hello folks. He came to find his brother Chris, it's Firebutton Steve Valance. Hi! And finally, the death-dodging special agent who spent the last week face down in a sewer for some reason, it's Adam Russell Reeves. I was just having a sleep. <laughs> for a week. <laughs> This episode of the podcast is being recorded live in the First Aid Spray Discord server, which you can join now to hear unedited versions of the podcast and contribute to the conversation in the text chat, as well as talk to us and other Resident Evil fans about the series. It's also a good place to put yourself forward for file readings if you'd like to appear in the show and ask questions for our bite-sized discussion segment. It's been a little more active this week with the new game being out. It's been really cool to see people discussing that at length as well as various other things as well. You can find a link to this server in the description of this podcast or on our social media accounts. We're on Twitter as at FA Spray Pod, Instagram is at FA Spray Pod, and Facebook is facebook.com forward slash FA Spray Pod. You can find the podcast on various different avenues iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. If you have any recommendations on other places to put the show, please do let us know. And if you can leave us a review on any of these formats, in particular iTunes, it would help us greatly. We're also now on YouTube, so please do subscribe to that channel. Link is in the description for that as well, and our entire battle up back catalogue is now up which you can listen to. Uh, new episodes will probably be a little more delayed on YouTube because that takes a little bit longer exporting and uploading and stuff but the plan is everything will be on there as well moving forward. Right, moving on with the first segment of the podcast which is of course the news. Okay, so our first bit of news then, isn't it? I, I would suggest taking this with a pinch of salt, but as well as the motion picture reboot, there is allegedly a Resident Evil Netflix show in development. Now, do we have any particular thoughts on this other than I hope it's not the bucket of sand, like, you know, directing? <laughs> <laughs> Callback, I like it. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird one because it the it's a deadline report that literally reads as... I've learned this, I've heard this. Netflix is making a global original show. Uh, the production company is Constantin Film, which made the, the movie franchise up until now. And uh, plan is it's going to be in-universe, potentially retellings of the stories that we've had in the games, or maybe side stories, lots of Easter eggs and stuff. I find it quite interesting because we obviously we've talked about the movies and the reboot of the movies quite a bit over the course of the show so far and we did talk about the possibility of it wouldn't it be better if it was a series and that kind of thing i don't necessarily believe that it's going to be both but uh, i mean that's quite a lot going on see i hear in universe and i'm just constantly in the dark head which universe are we in exactly <laughs> that's what that was my worry when they said in universe i was like well it's the film production guys right is it in film universe, because I, I don't need any more of that. Yeah, that, <laughs> I didn't that. need what they already did, to be honest. <laughs> hard agree, very hard agree. The, uh, the the deadline report, I'll quote it for you, says, No one is commenting, but I hear the plan is for the series to expand the Resident Evil universe and deepen the exciting mythology. Uh, I hear the series will keep the basic premise, which also served as a setup for the movie franchise, just barely. 
Uh, yeah, it's beyond that. It doesn't really say the inner workings of Umbrella and the beginnings of the T-Virus. <laughs> Again, hearsay. Who knows for sure? Pinch of salt, everybody. Pinch of salt. Yeah. yeah there's, I mean, there's there's lots of kind of Netflix projects that seem to float about. Some have better sources than others. Some seem more reliable and, mm. uh, you know, inevitable than others. But, I, I mean, obviously, we, we know Resident Evil is an extremely expansive series as far as, you know, media goes. Uh, so I could I could kind of believe this could happen, or at least they, they tr- shoot a pilot to, to give it a go. Perhaps, um, yeah. But, I mean, they could really kind of experiment with it. Uh, they don't just have to go for something, you know, like the movies did where it's all action, even the CG ones. Um, they they could even kind of, go, you know, shift towards sort of, you know, those first couple seasons of Walking Dead or something like that. You know, just, just keep it more character-based um, than necessarily all about the action. Um, but who knows? Okay. It's, it's, well, the last I, one I will say it's quite interesting is that if this is real, and I'm not treating as it is, it is, and if it is real, then that's great, whatever. But it kind of, it's possible because a lot of places are doing the sort of wannabe MCU, let's build a universe. So it's very possible that, yeah, let's reboot the films and also have a show and it all ties together, that sort of thing. I mean, Walking Dead is what you just mentioned made me think of it exactly because it's been a show for so long and now they're making sort of like spin-off movies and stuff. So I suppose it's possible. They had a spin-off TV show for that as well, didn't they? That's like, true, that's true, yeah. I right. think that um, regardless of, of how it turns out, um, just simply the way that Resident Evil plays and the way we play it is such an inherently bad idea for, a, for like a TV show or a movie, in my opinion, because it's very much, in my eyes, a very solo thing, mm. and you can't really convey that, like... If you just had a, a TV show of someone running around a police station on their own, finding things and shooting people, like shooting zombies every now and then, it would be very dull. Yeah, it's true. But the joy of the vi- video games is the, the interactivity. I would never want to just watch a series that played out like a video game because it just doesn't work, in my opinion. Yeah. You'd have a lot of monologues. You'd have a lot of inner monologues if right. it was just one character <laughs> yeah. running around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it would only work if the main character was Barry Burton because I would watch him monologue forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next bit of news then is that Resident Evil 2 2019 is going to get some free DLC, the Ghost Survivors, which is apparently involving, uh, I want to say, a USS member, the mayor's daughter, and Robert Kendo. Alongside yeah. this, you also get 1998 poly models of Claire and Leon. I don't know if they're going to do what they did with the other costumes in-game, where you have like your various stages, even with the classic outfits, they get like their stages of progression, like getting wounds or taking the jacket off. But either way, it looks pretty cool. I don't see why not on that front. And also, having recently played through both scenarios with the classic costumes that come with the game, um, you know, there's some treatment there with Sherry and Ada as well. So it'll be interesting to see if other characters get classic models potentially replaced in, even if it's just those two. That would be like the most that I would expect. But it's cool, some free costumes, and I really didn't expect Ghost Survivors to be free when they announced it just before the game launched. Um, so that's really, really cool. There is some talk, and I don't know 
the validity of this, I think it's because this was announced at sort of a Japanese press conference before the game's release, and are like various different places have different translations. But there are places that are reporting that this is going to be volume one with these three characters, and there could be potentially two more volumes with, I guess, three more characters each. But uh, the basic premise is the what-if scenario. There will be randomised scenarios, an enemy unique to the game mode, and a shop where players purchase items with points that they earn in-game. So but That whoa. definitely could explain why this pack is free, that they're just you know giving it a go, trying it out. And they want to kind of get it into people's hands before... Uh, you know, they kind of move on to the next volumes, but I, I love the sound of it. I think it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm right more excited about this than probably the the actual main game, to be honest. Because um, with the main game, you know, uh, there would it, it branched out slightly differently, but it was something that I was used to, and I kind of knew the story beats. This is um, super exciting for me. It's going to be like a new, fresh kind of take on it. I hope it's done well. I think it's going to be more actiony i expect although i don't know it could be different for each guy the uss guy is probably going to be more of an action run i would expect yeah See, I, I was wondering if it's like gonna be like the band footage from re7 where they literally were each one was a different episodic that's very different because mayor's daughter the actual shots they've shown are all inside um what's his face the orphanage mm. so yeah. i don't see that being a good action environment there's only like maybe two three rooms really, and like corridors, whereas Kendo, he runs a gun shop and he's right next to the street. I can see that being a massive survival battleground, and then the USS guy, maybe it's a more narrative-based fourth survivor kind of deal. We've been hunted by Birkin. I this wonder if the theory. Ken... Sorry, uh, go ahead. No, I said that's just all theory, though. Yeah, I was, honestly, with the Kendo one, I was thinking it might be more in the style of a Last of Us type thing with his daughter, maybe a bit more pulling on the heartstrings. You know, you have to maybe escort her around and try and find, like, a cure or whatever. That's what he's trying to do. I thought it might run in that direction. Oh, that'd be sweet. Could, could well. I, I I mean, I kind of would put money on sort of uh, his wife still being alive at that point, you know, because leading into the story. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not very clear. Like, obviously, this is just what-if scenarios. So in terms of canon or timeline whatever it doesn't really matter but it's not very clear whether the kendo thing takes place after his appearance in the game or before so there's there's stuff to speculate on there and quite honestly also surprising is that we won't really have to speculate that long because it's it's literally coming in two weeks which is pretty Yay. cool so just about the sort of time that people are going to be sort of i don't want to say getting burnout as such but you know what i mean and then there's going to be this new mode and yeah i expect it to be a bit more action orientated in uh, general but i think each one will be slightly different i think it's a solid reading from from capcom uh, as far as the game they know most of the people that are going to be playing are familiar with resident evil 2 um and uh you know as as evidence with you guys you beat it several times you, you know you you know these games uh, like the back of your hand um so it coming out like three weeks after launch uh makes perfect sense because people will still want to kind of yeah. uh play that game for the for the next month or so uh and it kind of jumps in perfect timing and obviously for people like myself who take a little bit longer on certain runs um, it's still <laughs> exciting because it's got you know a couple of weeks later you've got something new to uh look forward to 
Hey, you'd be proud of those 88 saves, man, because right, <laughs> that was impressive to see. Right, just getting through it. That we're going you know. to get into those saves. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so our last bit of news, it's fairly straightforward. Resident Evil 2 2019 has been met with unanimous praise and high scores across the board and has at current time shipped 3 million copies. That's yeah. pretty phenomenal. That's pretty great, especially for a horror game. Um, it's so weird to see this little thing that, and I, of course, Resident Evil Two has been a big game for you know since its release, and it was big at the time. And but years since then, and I've always held it in revelry, and I've come to know it as my favourite game. Seeing it everywhere, seeing it before every single YouTube video I watch, and seeing it being talked about constantly is so weird. It's like when they made, and speak what you like about the quality of it, it's like when they made that recent Ghostbusters film and seeing the Ghostbusters logo everywhere, having grown up as the kid that likes Ghostbusters too much. It's so surreal to see everyone talking about it and it's so great as well that it's done so well. I think Capcom have, uh, and we're going to talk about this at length, but I think they are fully aware, even before it came out, they're what they had on their hands here, and uh, I bet they're feeling pretty chuffed with themselves. It's a, it's something that you weren't going to imagine sort of seeing come out again, like, you know, to actually have this remake in your hands now, when it was something that had been sort of like speculated and dreamed of for, for years and years, and even when they made the announcement, it still wasn't quite there. So, yeah, I can imagine it's a, a really big deal for people who, um, as I say, love those games, played those games so many different times. Uh, and, and obviously for myself, it's like going back, and I still get a lot of nostalgia, it's like, you know, stepping into the RPD and such. It feels weird to actually see it talked about, you know, an actual Resident Evil 2, because we haven't had a remake of such, uh, you know, since the early 2000s. Um, it's crazy. And say so, a game we've wanted since 2002, maybe, roughly, give mm. or take. And they have stuck the landing so very well. I mean, they were aiming for, like, you know, nines out of tens over anything else, weren't they? That's like the, the, I think there's a couple of documents going on mm. about it. And yeah, I'm really impressed with the fact they've managed to do exactly what they set out to do, and they kept it quiet. They weren't, like, bragging from the rooftops, whereas, like, Resi 6, I'm pretty sure we saw loads of stuff before that ever came to be. I mean, <laughs> in C3... We told it was going to be everything every single different Resi fan wanted. Mm. We put everything in there. I mean, up until E3, it was nothing, nothing but silence. And then, obviously, yeah, okay, okay, I'll give you in the last week or two before launch, they were, like, pumping a new trailer out and everything. I mean, there was that really cute live-action trailer as well. You know, but otherwise they kept it very quiet and it still came out as a fantastic game. Yeah, so. and I've had people actually message me and say they're thinking about playing it and asking me sort of, do I need to play this beforehand and that kind of thing. So that's always cool. And again, we'll talk about it more, but like there is, there's a meme, like there's something in this game has become a meme that's probably driven it really forward. So that's really handy as well. And to see it actually sort of like, it's gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with Kingdom Hearts 3, also a game that people have been waiting for for a long time. They both came out within the same four days of each other. So it's been a crazy week in video games in general, but yeah. Um, I mean, you tell someone a few years ago that those two games are going to release in the same <laughs> yeah. week, they, they'd laugh you out of the room. It's true. It's, it's true. Uh, before, before we move on um, to, to the main topics, uh, with regards to sales, 
uh, I don't know what Capcom are like with regards to sales. Do they have certain expectations? Obviously, three million's really good. Uh, I, I think that beats uh, the first week sales for seven, which obviously Capcom were very happy with. Um, so I don't know if they have expectations. I know Square Enix, they have quite high expectations, but I don't know what Capcom are like with their games. Yeah, I would think that they probably had a better idea of what they were shooting for with this than 7. If I remember correctly, when 7 came out, it didn't do quite as well as the predicted sort of number. But at the same time, Capcom seemed to have this attitude of, well, that's okay, we were taking a risk by changing so much about it and uh, moving back to this sort of more subdued horror experience. But without having the clout of being a remake and uh, riding on the success of 7 and stuff like that, they probably had... Um, a better idea of what they were looking at. I would think they are pretty happy with how it's gone in the last week that it's been out. So, uh, yeah, I, I hopefully so, because these kinds of things obviously impact the future. Right, well, that being said, we may as well move right on to the main discussion of this episode, which is, of course, the game itself from top to bottom. Resident Evil 2 2019, a.k.a. Remake 2. And now, reading the file, Record of Events from Resident Evil 2 2019, Michael Burgertime Early, who you can follow on Instagram at Painted Table Ready. September 25th. We are turning the station into an emergency shelter due to the massive sudden outbreak. All police personnel have been instructed to make the safety of the citizens their top priority as we try to accommodate as many of them as possible. September 25th. Addendum. One of the refugees attacked us in the middle of the night, resulting in the death of one officer and injuring three others. The person in question was quickly restrained. We believe this was simply a case of someone snapping under the intense stress. September 26th. A mob attacked the station today, resulting in a number of casualties. A few survivors were able to make it safely behind the emergency shutters, but surrounded as we are. It'll be hard for any of us to escape this place. We're not sure we can fix any of our comm equipment, so we remain cut off from the outside world. September 27th. There was another clash on the west side of the station around 1pm. 12 people died. There's only a handful of survivors left. Everything is falling to disarray in here. David Ford. So the game is finally here. It's kind of been the crux of the podcast in a way since we've been leading up to the release. It's come up in every single episode in some format and undoubtedly we will be talking about it for many episodes moving forward. But this is the big one. This is the Remake 2 review. So we'll start at the very beginning with everyone's kind of first playthrough. What was your sort of ritual? We talked before about which character you're going to start with. Did you stick with that and that kind of thing? Um, Jordan, how was your first playthrough? Did you, you stick with Leon? And Yeah, yeah, stuck with Leon throughout. So... Uh... It, it it was it was weird because uh, right back on episode one of the podcast I mentioned that I played Resident Evil two I just wasn't very good at it uh, so I only got so far into the game but I had seen enough that when I played the remake it was just waves of nostalgia mm. um, you know fantastic to see the game that you know has all of these 
famous locations that you know and it just it's so different now but that's besides the point for now at least playing the game uh i, I definitely went through different sort of periods of of learning um i mean i mean i started the game very cautious uh, i'll say it was it was a pleasant surprise to have the first screen um be much more straightforward than in in the original <laughs> In the original, you can you can die in seconds. It's really no joke. Here, it gives you a little bit of free range to sort of like you know maneuver through to get yourself to the RPD. But uh, yeah, I went through different stages of of understanding the game, and I thought it was a successful case of design that it allowed me to learn that over the period that I played Leon's uh, campaign. Because at first. You're freaking out. You're just pumping bullets into the zombies, um, and you're you're learning about uh, their characteristics, how they act. You know, no pools of blood on the floor, so you don't know that they're actually dead or not. Mm. Uh, you also don't really know how many bullets it's going to take to actually keep them down. And so, at the start of the playthrough, I was wasting a lot, like just so much ammo lost um, in hallways, which you know when you when you look back on you can do it much better. But obviously that was part of the design of the game um, because it's, it's trying to literally scare the ammo out of your hands. <laughs> it's trying to, it's trying to make sure you have your wits about you. So I went through different periods. By the time I got to the sewer, I, I was suddenly playing with a, with a much more sort of economical stance to uh, ammunition and the weapons and, and just generally not being as sort of, you know, foolhardy when I go into rooms and get, you know, scared. Uh, so over, over the period, I, I definitely felt like I was, uh, I was connecting with Leon in that sense. He's the rookie cop, like being thrown into this world. And I was learning about it too. By the end of the game, uh, I mean, it's, it's not Resident Evil 4 sort of like action, like full blown, but it's got a fantastic explosive uh, conclusion when you're, you're fighting the final boss. And, by that point, I felt like I'd really kind of grown into the game, and, and it makes me think, like, all right, I want to do another run-through where I do way better than I did before. Um, as mentioned, my, my save file, my save file is definitely going to be the worst out of everybody's. Like, <laughs> just, just put it's that wonderful. out there. It's, it's about... It's, a campaign is 12 hours, just under 12 hours runtime with 88 saves. <laughs> what happens when they give you free saves? <laughs> so, so in the end, I, I kind of I don't really look back on that uh, that record as all that prestigious. But the the game design worked for me. It, it meant that I could play the game and grow with it. And now I want to go back and and do the other runs and get better at it. So I think it's a fantastic game, and it's got really good pacing. Mm. So, Steve, you had a particularly interesting experience, oh, as uh, our followers will know, because we tweeted about the fact that you were waiting until midnight of the launch, and then you were going to jump right in and stream it with uh, your buddy Moist Outlet that you've been playing all the games with on YouTube. And yep. uh, yeah, that how did that go? <laughs> well, you saw. I think you must have seen some of the tweets during the night, hadn't you? I did. Uh, I woke up to see all like the my favourite one. <laughs> I've got to call it out. Uh, my favourite one is the photo of you two outside, terrified to go back in and play the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we start at midnight. We didn't finish until about half past ten. And I have to be honest, by the end of it, my nerves have been completely shot to pieces by the, just the sheer tension of the whole affair. I'm 
we we put a public vote up before we started of who we were going to play. Obviously, me and me and James, we wanted to personally play Claire, but the vote decided that you know rookie cop it was, so we went as Leon. And from start to finish, there was just this this ever ever increasing feel of dread as I'm going through something familiar, but it's alien to me. And you know, as you know, Sarah, as Jordan said, you know. The zombies, you don't know if they're going to stay dead or not. And by the end, we'd, we'd, I think we'd finally twigged, like we'd either seen a, um, a tip as we died or whatnot. I mean, you, you poke it with a knife, it'll reactivate. But it, up until then, running out of bullets, you know, we were constantly passing the pad between each other, between the episodes of when we died. And I, that that backseat tension was just as bad as when you are holding the pad. It didn't matter <laughs> if you were controlling it or not. And, ooh, dear. Plus, he was lording over me that he played the one-shot demo and knew all of what seems like about 5% of the game in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the best part about all of this is that you're releasing them all as episodes, like you're alluding to there. So people can actually start to watch this first-time playthrough for you, which is really cool to see someone experience the game for the first time. Um, I'm going to say, we're episode so 5 went out yesterday, and I yeah. believe it will Leon A will finish next Friday. Because I try to dice it up. Yeah, that's well, fair. Ooh, I, it's it's weird thinking about back on it now, but I think the standout moment for me is it's when that tweet was token with the photo. It's uh, we had just met the tyrant, and we were, uh, I think we were just constantly hearing him walking around. We thought, right, we need to take a break. So we go outside. <laughs> it's pitch darkness. You know, I'm just having, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm doing a cigarette thing, and then. Someone with really heavy boots two streets away, we hear him, and me and James don't want to go anywhere but sit down in a dark corner because the game is resonating outside into the real world and Mr. X is here to kill us. <laughs> you know, it, it was genuinely haunting, and I haven't had that kind of resonance in a long while. <laughs> Adam, how was your first yeah. experience? Um, you know what? My first playthrough went real smooth, actually. Um, I played Leon to start with, um, and... Um, I just really took my time with it. I didn't want to, I think I ended around 12 hours, <laughs> around 30, say, less uh, or so less. But I feel <laughs> bad about that. I could have saved a lot more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really just took it all in. I enjoyed it. I felt like the, I kind of wish the streets at the beginning were a little more, a little more fleshed out rather than being just a, a trail. There wasn't even really any, um, mechanics to learn. It would have been nice if there was like some of the, you know, hold a button to move something while there's a bunch of zombies coming at you to really up that kind of early tension. Like, oh shit, I have to move this mailbox or whatever, and there's like a ton of people coming at me. Um, but other than that, it was really good. Um, I am. I kind of didn't really kill much in my first playthrough. I just made sure to kill the Lickers um, because I knew that once Mr. X was coming around, that Lickers and him would be a complete nightmare. One, you have to run, and the other, you have to kind of sneak. Yeah. So that wasn't going to happen. So I tried to avoid as many zombies as possible because, and this honestly happens to me in every single Resident Evil game, no joke, I hoard all the good ammo. Um, and... I always say, oh, I've got all these Magnum bullets. I'm saving it to the next big thing. And then, like, I accidentally get to the next big thing without realizing it. I don't have the Magnum bullets because I'm keeping <laughs> them in the case. So I just get through it. And then I'm like, well, the next boss is in trouble because I got Magnum. And then I end the game and I have, like, 60 Magnum bullets or whatever. I'm just like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> But yeah. overall, I thought it was great. I, um, 
when I first played it through, because it is a pretty tense game, it's pretty dark, um, and you with the zombies, um, and obviously I wasn't really trying to kill too many, I was just trying to get through, um, you kind of n never really know, um, and I think it's a it's a real benefit to the new camera angle, or I say new, but new for the, for the game, um, that um, zombies can surprise you a little more um, if they're lurking behind a door or something because um, you don't have that fixed camera angle. You can't always see particularly well. Um, yeah. So, so there was definitely a lot of tension for me. Um, the most tension I had and the most problem I had was probably the dogs over the liquors, over Mr. X. Mr. X wasn't too bad. Um, he was pretty easy to telegraph and avoid, I felt. Um, I don't know if that was just me being lucky um but the dogs caused me a uh, complete nightmare like when i was down in the um parking garage with leon i was sweat i was literally sweating <laughs> i was like oh god no and i didn't click on just like shooting them while they were in the cages because mm. i was like if i shoot it they're gonna all burst out right now <laughs> Um, and I should have just killed them in the cages because it made then the liquors and the dogs like a nightmare. My first experience was the fact, well, I, I, I started with Claire. And like I said, I would. I, I was thinking about Leon. I wanted to start with Claire. So I said, I'll be the odd one out and I'll do that. And there was kind of a thing where I was sort of in two minds about it originally because before it was announced, which was like the week of release, that there was such thing as the second run mode. I was thinking, okay, um, if we're looking at the original Resident Evil 2, one of these characters is going to have more emphasis on Birkin, one of these characters is going to have more emphasis on Tyrant, and I had this horrible feeling that if I started with Claire, I would be dealing with Tyrant on my first run, and I didn't think that was a good idea. Turns out that's, <laughs> and it, funnily that's, enough, it was, it's opposite. It, Leon, it, is, it, is, it is, yeah. I mean, he's in every single one, of course, but Leon gets more of it. So I was so when they announced the second run mode was actually in, I was pretty happy about that. And uh, yeah, it was it was good to to start out with the character that um, you know I, I associate so well with, and I you know I play Claire A on Resident Evil Two all the time. So it was kind of like yeah, stepping into familiar territory, but also upside down. I had um, I waited until the evening that day to play it because I wanted my wife to get home because she wanted to watch some of it. And uh, so I spent the day keeping myself busy until I could boot it up. So I got um, around to the time where Tyrant starts showing up before I put it down for the first night. And then I went to bed that night and I could hardly sleep because, yeah, I was just thinking about him coming down the corridor. Not particularly in a fearful way, but just like trying to think, how am I going to deal with this? What, what, you know, trying to think about what do I do next? Where am I going? What am I looking for? So that was a pretty cool experience, and then waking up the next morning and getting right back to it. Um, over the course of the week, done all of them, but my first run is very much like Jordan was saying, was much more cautious. It's the longest time you're going to have, because from there, part of what I love about Resident Evil is not just that first run of wasting ammo and wasting time and not knowing where everything is. It's the subsequent stuff where you get better and you figure it out, and it's, it becomes a whole other experience, but... Yeah, it was brilliant that first run just to experience all those familiar things in new ways. Um, yeah, just a thoroughly enjoyable experience the first time and every time since. So 
I guess the best place to start in terms of dissecting each individual part would be the visual and audio stuff, starting with atmosphere and uh, that kind of thing. So feel free to, to start anyone. What did you think about the, the aesthetic of the game? Um, I, re I really love the look of it. Um, I'm not really one to play too many modern titles. Um, I feel like I'm a little out of touch with the video game world these days, what with you know real adult life and stuff. Um, so I haven't played many titles when they were new. I sort of get round to them a few years later, um, you know, a little cheaper, and I just kind of run through them. I'm not much of a multiplayer guy or anything, so it's fine for me. Um, so this is like my first interaction with a, a brand new release game. You know, I wasn't going to miss out on it. And honestly, I was kind of blown away by um, the graphics, but more than the graphics, like the 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 kind of textures and like the like like when you're walking through the first part of the uh police department when you first get in like the, the laying water on the floor and stuff like that like a lot of modern gamers probably take it for granted or something but it really felt amazing to me um it's super cool i was worried at the point that it would all be dark and we would be using the flashlight the whole time as like a I'm, you're going to get scared gimmick because it's dark. Mm. Um, I was happy to find that wasn't really the um, There was plenty of the, the game that wasn't, you know, in super dark. It, it was used pretty effectively. I, overall, I was a huge fan. Um, I was amazed at the amount of different assets, if that makes sense. There isn't, like, a ton of repeat assets everywhere. Not, not that super obvious um, through all the stages of the game, which was nice. No, that's very true. It's not something that I thought about. There is some cool stuff in there that some people consider it Easter egg. I just think it's reusing stuff from Seven, which is totally fine. It fits. Um, one part of the game that I in particular love, graphically speaking, is the what I always call the liquor corridor, but I guess it isn't anymore. Um, that, that first kind of hallway that you go down uh, once you start exploring the RPD. Just the, the, the use of lighting in there and like like you say, the water and stuff to reflect. And it looks incredible. Every time I go down there, I was like, this just looks so good. Um, in terms oh. of the layout of the RPD and the design of the RPD, I think they pulled it off brilliantly. I'm, I'm amazed at how well it all comes together. Like the place makes even more sense. It makes so much more sense than it did before, but it, it looks so right and so real as well. It feels yeah, like perfect that's... timing. It really looks good. And I guess we didn't say this at the top of the episode, so I, I'm going to throw it in there now. Spoiler warning. Big spoiler sure. warning. Yeah, um, so I loved how in um, the B run through, like that first corridor came back for the classic liquor. Mm. That was awesome. Is, is there one in there or two in there? I don't know. I'm always pegging it, there's so one. I don't know. Okay, it's, it's just, just one. one start of it. It, it. it literally runs past the window like in the original, and then it's up on the ceiling in the same space. Oh, it does, okay. You don't get a cool little cutscene, but... I'm always too matter. busy running away from Tyrant at that point to really... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the visuals are, are fantastic in this game. In fact, they're, they're probably one of the sort of the top aspects of this game. Uh, in your mind, you... You've probably been thinking about this for years. How would a Resident Evil 2 remake uh, look? And I'm just so glad, really, that they held off this long because seeing the visuals now, seeing the sort of the absolute fidelity of those visuals now, I couldn't imagine it coming out at any other time. 
prior to this. In fact, to even imagine that maybe a Resident Evil 2 remake could be made, say, last gen, it, it, would, it would be kind of a bit of a nightmare, to be honest, because I just think that the, the photorealism that they're, they're hitting now uh, complements the original visuals so well, which were... They were stark. They were they were grim. That was kind of the reason that they went with pre-rendered visuals, uh, and I, I think that you know, in a lot of aspects, they've really kind of kept that atmosphere. Even though it's a different atmosphere, they go for a different tone in a lot of the t- same locations. Uh, it just comes off so great. Um, I think all around, just uh, visuals really complement uh, Raccoon City in pieces. Uh, obviously, the the main attraction is RPD. When you go around RPD, it's where most people are most familiar with. And and seeing some of those rooms, as you mentioned, the liquor room, it's it's got a completely different take to it. Um, and all the details in, in every single room, I can remember every single room very distinctly because of how they they dress them and you know, decorate them. And obviously, that was one of the strengths of the original that each screen was was pre-rendered so it had you know sort of minimal sort of asset reuse uh, and and you get the same thing here uh the cutscenes are fantastic I, I i think like they've all kind of come across pretty well like they're not they're not trying to be uh you know too photorealistic you know there's still a bit more sort of style stylization to it mm. Uh, but yeah, overall the presentation uh, superb. I love the lighting, um, the lighting and and the color saturation. There's certain rooms that are, they're more oversaturated, which actually kind of gave me that vibe of the original game. Because even though the original game was probably sort of a bit brighter, you know, a lot of those rooms in the RPD actually still have lights on. Um, there was a decent amount of of color to it, which I think obviously over the the previous generation. The trend had been that games had a sort of a more muted, more realistic color palette. But um, even when you're in a very dark room, you still get kind of quite rich blues as a sort of like the night skies coming in. Um, and yeah, I think it complements it just superbly. I agree with you, Jordan. There just seems to be, um, and again, it might be my naivety on modern age games, um, but there just seems to be so much attention to detail. Like, the the in the RPD the in like the dilapidated areas, there's so much stuff just laying around, crumbled pictures, um, tons and tons of stuff. It just really, really gives you such a great atmosphere. Indeed, Steve. Any so, thoughts on presentation? Oh, oh well, um, being very, very uh, how do I put this? The environmental storytelling in this game mm. is like leaps and bounds above any other Resident Evil game. Like. The opening bit in the car, you know, the, the petrol station, there's so many assets there, you can even tell just exactly what's gone on before Leon stepped, well, all right, maybe after Leon stepped the door, but you see the dude on the floor, he's bleeding, there's, there's stuff everywhere, The the obviously the sheriff's trying to arrest the man, stuff like that, and then the there's one room that really speaks out to me at the minute, and it's the east office, right, because there's chains on one side, and it's barricaded on the other. There's only two, or there's only a corpse and a zombie in there. And it's like, you can kind of see what's going on. These two cops kind of thought, we can hold out here. We'll barricade up the doors. And like, stuff like that all around the RPD. There's like little yeah. stories if you just look and like you can dissect. And that is what I really, really appreciate about this game. Like, It's not going to like 
groundbreakingly exposed, oh, right, so Umbrella did in fact invent cheese or something stupid like that. But there will be just bits and pieces of little stories of how these people got into this state. I mean, that stuff I love. Like the locker room, for example, there's an entire wall put through and there's steam blasting through. You know something's gone off in there. Someone got smashed into a locker. And that all those kind of little details in this like really, really high def 60 FPS stuff. I mean, 60 FPS on console is not apparently an easy thing to do these days. So that is just phenomenal to me. A bit fanboy gushy, I apologize. But I think... Yeah. <laughs> No, that's a really good point about storytelling. Uh, and also there's like some little jokes here and there. I know, especially when you get to the lab, um, there's a part where you get to, I think it's like the, the cafeteria area. And in there, there's quite a few zombies, one of which is eating another zombie. And you hear the automated voice say, uh, it's, it's something like, please try our nutritious snacks in the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that and, was great. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's perfect timing. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty of storytelling in, in all of the rooms. Um, and you really get that kind of, that sense that you're coming in, in the aftermath. You're seeing a lot of these things. You're just petrified about what's left because you know it's after you. They we call talk- back to the lab with the passive aggressive emails all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was some serious, like, people in Raccoon City are dead. For sure. Like, so <laughs> no one's polite in their note. Um, but that's fine, I guess. Um, speaking of the lab, that was, um, that was really cool to see. Like the, cl- like the areas that were super clean because it was so different. Obviously, it's such, such a different aesthetic. Um, that was really enjoyable too. Um, I found myself in the police station actually when running through it. Again, I'm not you know, overly familiar with Resident Evil in terms of, like, I haven't played it a million times, the original one. Um, I've played it a few times. I do love it. Um, but as I was running through it, because of the tension and the zombies that were everywhere to start with, I didn't pay too much attention to the rooms I was in in, in terms of, like, layout and aesthetic. I was concentrating on, on getting through. But as I kind of got more used to traversing the station and more comfortable and not not being so scared, as it were. Um, it was very cool to be like, oh, this is the room that Marvin was in originally in the first one, and I just noticed the details that show, like, here's the window that looks through into the other area, and mm. that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. One of those that I love that's really kind of subtle is um, just after playable Ada segment, when you take control of Leon, you go down a set of steps. And if you turn around, you realise that's the room that they have a conversation in in the original game where she runs off and he yells, Ada, wait. And you wouldn't even realise unless you turn around and you see the kind of sort of like the machinery and all that. And say, oh, and then you step down into the sewers. Uh, I thought the sewers, the new sewers were brilliant. I really like that. I'm not as big of a fan on the new lab, I'm, I've got mixed feelings about that. I think the sort of the the tail end of the game sort of I don't want to say lost me or anything like extreme like that, but it, it did make me go oh a little bit because maybe I, I actually uh, have a quick question about that due to my again I'm I haven't played the original in a long time and I'm mm-hmm. not as familiar with it as you guys. Um, the lab area felt real small to me. I, I didn't mind, um, but it it seemed very very small now. Back in the original one, is the lab area really like it as, is, as yeah. small as that? The lab, yeah? the okay. playable part of the RE2 lab is quite small. It got expanded in further games like Outbreak to feel like a, a much okay. bigger facility. But yeah, it's a it's honestly 
about the same size, maybe even smaller, but that's more down to the difference in the games and the gameplay and that kind of thing. Now, obviously, the greenhouse right. is quite a big new area. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't... I mean, it was okay. and I think it was just because there's a lots of changes right at the end there that I kind of made me go, ah, oh, you know, the lack of a marshalling yard was kind of a shame. The changes to the ivy as well is kind of a shame, um, that sort of thing. But overall, um, the changes that they've made and the stuff that they've cut out for whatever reason, I don't necessarily miss them. I'd like to see spiders come back. It'd be cool to see the moth, I guess. But... Praise the moth. Praise the moth. I, I did have notes about that. Yeah, I was, I was a little. That was a, the one kind of thing that that kind of disappointed me. Um, mm. I would have liked to have seen um, a bit more of those kinds of odd enemies, even if it was just like a one-off encounter or like a nod to it. Mm. Um, just because at the end of the day, uh, uh, it was great fun, but it, you know, there's very limited enemy types in this game. You know, you've got zombies. You've got zombies with uh, ferns all over them. <laughs> and, yeah, you've got Mr. X and you've got lickers and dogs. And other than the bosses, I think that's pretty much it. Um, uh, I mean, they did been... quite well, I think, changing the G-Mutant into a more regular enemy. That's good at oh, least. Oh, yeah, the G-Mutant as well. That was Which good. Is... That was that was pretty definitely pretty limited in the amount of times that you faced that, though. Yeah, but um, it was kind Which of was fine cool. again. You didn't need an overkill on that, on that mm. enemy. It was kind of cool in that sneaky way that where they were like, we've added no new enemies, but what they have done is vastly kind of changed some What of we've them. done is taken a bunch taken away. Taken a boss and, uh, and turned it into one. Yeah, well, they have taken... And also the other, the other minor one, while I'm just putting silly gripes out there, is it would have been nice to see the bow gun. And I think Capcom are quite good at listening to people. Uh, I think the second run thing, and this is probably a discussion for another day, has been added quite late into development. And I think it's very possible that they will listen to people and maybe somewhere in Ghost of Ivers we will see bowgun spiders, stuff like that, if they can make it work. But that's neither here nor there. Um, audio is a big thing for this game, definitely. We were talking sort of before we started uh, going with the podcast about the binaural audio and the effectiveness of sort of the sound design, the lack of music somewhat. Um, Mr. X is the big one in terms of the audio design, definitely. Uh, we obviously did the stream, so we were doing headsets the entire time. And I have to be honest, it was oppressive. It, you know, whenever music was playing, you felt relief, even if it was not like the save room theme, because you felt like, oh, it's some semblance of normality. Like now, if I'm doing these hardcore difficulty runs, I have to play with the classic soundtrack on, or I am going to constantly break my pants. <laughs> so, it's the sound of like heavy footsteps on corners and or just like the, the slight raspy you know there was times where i was just that terrified i just tried barking back as if barking at the screen is gonna do something <laughs> you know like oh, i did nothing run you know it's I, I, the actual like, everything feels damp and oppressive and just generally like the slithering sounds of like the lickers as they're crawling around and like the weird predator chicks they do when they're like you know they, they don't hear you but they're listening for you like Mm. You know, that weird stuff. It's just, it gets under your skin in a really awesome but horrible way, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. One of the standouts for me in that is the female zombie shrieks are just horrible. They're just mm. so shrill yeah, they and awful. I, I love it. It's just, yeah. Uh, the sound design is pretty incredible. One that's been pointed out to me by a few people is they love narrowly escaping a liquor and hearing it scream in frustration from the other room as you get away. 
it's genuinely scarier than like any you know obviously the alien the, the xenomorph alien in mm. most games is like got a very distinctive like creepy sound liquor outclasses it for me now now, now I'm, I, I, oof. I used to not rate liquors at all they are now they've gone up my estimations on just how damn right scary they are now yeah, it's, it's a perfectly piercing scream especially when you're hearing yeah. that when you're trying to run away and you're getting to the door and you just feel like yeah i'm losing my back I, i'm having that clawed right off me i know it <laughs> absolutely but i mean yeah the it's a good point to say that sound is oppressive because um i mean i played the whole game listening to it on headphones and i had the uh, the binaural uh, what do they call it? The binaural sound? Audio. Binaural audio. Binaural audio. Um, and it's fantastic. And obviously, it is an aspect of the gameplay. Um, I would actually be pushed to say that it's almost essential to, mm. to play the game at its fullest. You need, you need headphones. Uh, it's great that there is um, an aspect to the game like that because uh, obviously, there's not much music, and that is deliberate. Uh, and so you're constantly listening out for everything else. And um, yeah, the the sounds that they've they've went with in this game it, they definitely elevate the aggression of these enemies. I mean, you know, everybody remembers the uh, you know original sort of typical zombies in Resident Evil Two, all kind of which are sort of low groans, yeah. and and now that they. It reminds me of of uh, Daisy actually from a couple years ago. That mm. like that really wretched screaming, and uh, and just like in Daisy, you don't necessarily know where it is to begin with. So you're freaking out, you're scrambling, trying to see where they are, and obviously the headphones help with that. Um, yeah, as far as as far as like effects and sound design, it all sounds really good. Uh, hearing the, the sort of like the dull thudding footsteps of the tyrant as you're going around the RPD is genuinely terrifying. Uh, the, the first time that like I, I met Mr. X, I actually had to turn off the game for a while and think about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do I really want to do this? And um, especially if you kind of you push for time or you haven't completed certain puzzles, that sounds really terrifying because you're constantly listening out to it as you move around um the 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 police department and you have to be really careful on making any kind of sounds i love any game that takes precedent with the impact of sound obviously a lot of stealth games do this and certain stealth games uh get more success out of it than others and i think resident evil 2 is up there it really makes it impactful liquors suddenly have a new strategy when you have to be incredibly quiet um, to the point that you're kind of, you're moving at a glacial pace. Um, and I just had that whenever I was going into those rooms and uh, yeah, I, I think sound direction is fantastic in that respect. As far as sound effects, music obviously is a bit different. It really depends on what you're after with these games. Yeah, I think that's one of the big complaints that comes up with a lot of people is that the soundtrack does leave a little bit to be desired. Um, and Sharky has pointed out in the podcast chat that uh, he's got some standouts. Quite rightfully, he said Hunk's theme is really good. That's really catchy when you're playing the fourth survivor mode. And the Mr. X one is particularly good. Um, whilst we were playing it, um, that kind of when he comes around the corner and it makes that noise that's by, that practically became a meme in our house for several days where we me and my wife were just doing it at each other to annoy each other and now when we play the board game which will be a subject we talk about more on the podcast in the future i'm absolutely certain when we spawn the tyrant it's going to be met with 
I think that theme is going to become iconic. I really do think it's... And him now was becoming a meme, which I referred to earlier, which is really good for him because he's kind of an uh, like an underrated villain uh, from Resident Evil. Um, has definitely accelerated that as well. But overall, it's really interesting, the soundtrack, because I've listened to the actual soundtrack on YouTube and it's really, really good. It's really good. It's most of it's just not in the game. It's very strange. There's lots of pieces there that are interpretations of classic themes and that kind of thing. But most of it's not in the game. So if you are interested, do go seek the soundtrack out because there's a lot of cool stuff there that I'm I'm sure I've never heard being played. It probably is... split over the different scenarios or something, surely. I don't know. It's possible. Or maybe I just missed it because I was in and out of certain rooms so quick, possibly. I don't know. Mostly I'm playing it with the classic score because it feels really good and it feels right. That, yeah, can we just talk about that? Because that holds up really damn well. A, I was amazed how well it fits. Yeah, like, I thought it was going to be like... Really goofy. Uh, a little bit of like odd shoehorned fan service, mm. um, but they did like when I played with the original soundtrack, it felt like they built the game that way. Yeah, that, yeah. Did, did, did the sewers? And I, I'm going to call the sewers like the combo marshalling yard now because it feels like they've got both the tracks, and it just it. Yeah, well done, Capcom. Hats off to you. Not Mr. X's <laughs> hat though, because it'll hurt me. <laughs> you know, oh. did, uh, on that note, did you notice the amount of hats in the police station? They're yes. like fedoras everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Uh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, good point, good point. Yeah. <laughs> and now, reading the file, copy of emails to Umbrella HQ from Resident Evil 2 2019. Carla, aka Stell, who you can follow at twitch.tv forward slash responage. Director Owens, there are alarms going off all over Nest. I don't know what's going on, but I can hear gunfire and I can't reach my section chief. We're trapped. Please send help ASAP. Director Owens, the situation here is dire. Nest has been contaminated with the virus. It's unbelievable. The failsafe system didn't activate at all. Is this the work of outsiders? I can't imagine who else it could be. But why? Marion came here dead. I can't stop coughing. Why won't you answer me? Director Owens, it was you. So, I suppose we should talk about the gameplay next. That is the core feature. Um, that is the important thing here. This is the, the, the marriage, as we talked about before, between the classic horror stylings uh, of Resident Evil with the more modernised, kind of more comfortable, over-the-shoulder thing that Resident Evil 4 uh, pioneered, maybe a stronger word, but popularised. And this game finally manages to find a way to make both work. You feel kind of in control because it's familiar, comfortable controls where you have a grip on what you're doing, but because of the way the game is based around smaller corridors, aggressive enemies that kind of weave towards you and stuff, it amps up that horror aspect. And I think, personally, and I admittedly I am uh, prone to a little bit of hyperbole, I think this game is going to be hugely important moving forward for the series. And even looking back 10 years from now, 
this will be the moment where we go, Capcom figured it out here. They've figured out how to make survival horror work again in the modern age. I was amazed at how wonderfully the game plays in every direction, be it uh, trepidatious horror and also comfortable uh, aiming and firing mechanics and that kind of thing. But not too comfortable because, of course, if you're moving around or firing too much, you're, you're screwing yourself over by not having a precise aim. I was blown away by the gameplay. See, tinfoil hat is going on a bit here, but I feel very much like they might have done a cheeky wink and a nod to us classic fans because you have to plant your feet to get a decent critical mm. hit with these pistols now. You have to literally, yeah, play it like it's tank controls or you're going to miss and or, or you're not going to get a decent shot off. And I love little cheeky things like that. And that, well, you know, ooh, I'm kind of a bit of a loss, guys. You take over. Steve's just having like a fan meltdown. I'm gushing. I'm gushing. <laughs> I completely agree, though. I, I know exactly what you're getting at, and it, it uh, feels right. Yeah, it felt really great to play, actually. And um, you, I feel like there's they've really hit the nail on the head when it comes to your, your ability to move around. Um, you feel pretty free, and it feels very fluid, but at the same time, you know... Your walk is, and your run is a little slower than you would like in a good way. Mm. Um, and I know a lot of people were complaining about the running, um, but I mean, if you were to put yourself in the situation, you wouldn't be belting it around. It's too dangerous to run at a full pace in in the situation. Um, you would, you know, in confined areas, you can't really run at full pace anyway. I mm. felt like it was great. It was enough to. It was enough to outrun Mr. X, but never like get so far ahead of him that you were like, huh, I'm just running around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not least because you've got like things like flamethrowers and shotguns on your back. All of these extra things are going to mean that you're going to be shuffling a little bit sort of yeah. slower than you would uh, be. Exactly. Got pockets full of gunpowder yeah. here. I've got to be careful. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, I think the gameplay is top notch. The shooting. Feels really solid. Um, the um, just everything, the moving, the shooting, the the damage um, tracking on the enemies is insane. I've never seen anything like that. Um, just like you can, you know, the, the the wounds that you can inflict are so specific to where you aim. Um, that's that's pretty crazy to me. Again, I'm I don't play many modern tiles, but that was like, whoa! Look, look what I can do to these zombies. Well, the consistency is even amazing on that because you could you could shoot a zombie at the start of the game and then just before the point of no return of the cable car, spoilers, there's a cable car, you go all the way back <laughs> and that, still, that same zombie is still there with the same wounds you've inflicted on it. Yes. Yeah. That's that an excellent persistence in this game. Mm. Yeah. Yes, and I really destroyed myself because I killed a few lickers by doors and often when I went back through doors, I shit myself. I was like, oh, and I was like, oh no, I killed it. <laughs> I literally had a moment like that yesterday where I was going through the sewers. And you know, the G-mutants can kind of lurk underwater and you see them and you're like, okay. That's They're kind of like floaty, yeah. Yeah, but you can't, sometimes you can't tell the difference between one lurking or one that's dead. So I literally said right. out loud, you can't fool me, fired a grenade at it and it did nothing because it was already good. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. The um, yeah, the level of damage that you can do to some of these zombies is is insane. I didn't actually um, think that you could say blow limbs off 
at the start of the game. That was something that I had to learn later on, which is a shame because it's a really good tactic mm. as you're going through and you're trying to conserve ammo. Um, but that's only because the zombies could take so many hits. But I remember there was one, um, it's just before I basically sort of like put out the fire, the helicopter, and you, you're going over to um, the, the, there's a save room just across from it, adjacent from it. And I was running over that, there's two zombies and there was a female zombie. And like, I had used so much ammo on both of them because uh, they come bursting through the door. And I thought I'd taken them both out because I used the shotgun. And one, basically one zombie was not knocked out by it, <laughs> but her face was more or less gone. Yeah. Like, I think there's a, the zombie had like maybe uh, some eyes and a bit of spine sticking out <laughs> and maybe a, a bit of brain stem. And it was horrifying. It was like the top jaw was still there. And I was like, oh, it could still bite me. And it was just coming towards me. It was horrifying, <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. So I love the, uh, the, the sophistication to the, to the zombies now because um, I, I think that is a real good sort of signature of this game's design to kind of mess with people who've played the original, you know, time and time again and know their, know their strategy, know their, uh, you know, how, how many hits it takes to, you know, take down each zombie. All of a sudden, some of these zombies are real tough cookies. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love that aspect. I mean, as far as the controls are concerned, I think Capcom has, uh, they've taken a risk because they, they knew the response to Resident Evil 6 and the series in general, as far as over the shoulder camera, and that it felt a bit played out just because it was a little too formulaic. Um, to to then take you know a beloved game and use that kind of control scheme uh, for a remake, it, it, it's a big risk. But it's all kind of it's it's turned out fantastic. I, I would honestly say between between Resident Evil Seven, Resident Evil Two, I don't think the series has been as as healthy as it has been uh, for years. Like, its future looks fantastic with the kind of gameplay that they're offering us now. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And in terms of the zombies, um, there was an interview, I believe it was kind of around E3 time, that said that uh, basically the director of the game was just obsessed with getting the zombies right. And it wouldn't surprise me if the reason that this game took so long is that they spent so much time getting that right. And it's, it's where everything falls into place. Once you get that combat down with a zombie and it feels tense and fearful like anything could happen, um, then everything else potentially falls down around it. From everything, from the way that they move, they can suddenly like lurch towards you uh, and, and you're still trying to put shots and then wondering when the hell it's going to go down to when they grab you, depending on where they grab you, you can defend yourself from the front but not from the back. Or if you're lucky, you can shrug it off and yeah once once they figured that out i think they probably had a very good idea that this game was going to be uh well gangbusters to be honest <laughs> there's a really nice touch when you if you take out a zombie when it's in a, a decent close range before mm. it could actually attack you and if you take it out with you know last couple shots and it kind of just falls on top of you which if you're in the middle of you know an ambush that's really scary because you have to go through the animation where you're pushing the zombie aside and again that's robbing you of seconds of getting yeah. away from other zombies yeah i love the way that they can ambush you if one bites you and there's another one nearby uh, forget about using sub weapons you're getting eaten um <laughs> there's some some excellent aspects to that okay i've had my gush 
I'm okay. You're right now. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got it out of my system. But any... I think the thing that I appreciate most about this right now is it's taken so many mechanics from so many other Resident Evil games, and they all work. Like remake, you've got your sub weapons. You've got your over-the-shoulder camera from Resident Evil Four. You've got your free aim and movement from Resident Evil Six, but it's not over the top. All these different little flavors all spicing together, and yet it still feels toned down enough that you're almost a real human rather than a superhero. I think that helps the game a lot. Yeah. Uh, I love when we talked about the the sort of damage to the zombies, but also the fact that you know when you get grabbed and wounded, you, it stays there at least for a while. Is really mm. cool. It's almost like, as you were saying, kind of a nod back to the old games. It's something that they uh, that Resident Evil Two introduced to the series was the hobbling. So, and I, I believe one point five was meant to have you know sustainable wounds like that, and your characters over time and that sort of thing. So it's cool that they included stuff like that. Definitely. Mm. Uh, I feel like the progression system's a little weird, though. You know, the gun parts and things, that can be broken when uh, subsequent speed runs. Now, obviously, you know all the answers to all the things. You can upgrade your gear a little too fast, it feels, maybe, uh, as a slight knock against the gameplay. I but, guess so, yeah. Yeah, possibly. I've yet that to that intended. This game's been built with speed I, I think that is intended. I think that, um, it, I think in this day and age, um, there has to be a certain amount of pandering to the I want to shoot things audience. Mm. Um, I think that that was just like, here, have some good guns. It's, you're still going to run out of ammo, but here you go. Enjoy <laughs> yeah. Right, well, let's move to the story. Um, so obviously this is a retelling of a classic tale in the Resident Evil universe. Um, it's mostly stuck to the same plot points, pretty much exactly. There's some different plotting in terms of uh, locations and that. Both Claire and Leon's playthroughs do essentially take similar pathways. When it's time for Leon to go to his specific area, uh, Claire goes to hers and that kind of thing. Um, how do we all feel about the sort of plotting of the game and the story? Uh, Adam, why don't you start? Um, this Honestly, this was might be my... Uh, as much as I liked it, it might be my most disappointing thing about the game. I felt like there wasn't much emphasis on story. Um, funnily enough, it felt to me like there was way more relatable interaction between Ada and Annette than anything else in the game. Hmm. Um, I I would have liked to have seen more. Um, the whole Birkin thing isn't ever really gone too far into i would like to see you know more information about that i would like more information on the chief virus we all know these things pretty well from you know um from the years and and and, and enjoying the lore but really there wasn't too much i found in game that really like gave us like a cohesive timeline of, um of the things that are happening essentially um another thing that really upset me was um Birkin pulling a gun on the soldiers. I felt that was very derivative from the original story um, where it was an accident. That seems like so much better. And I feel like Birkin, you know, I mean, obviously, like he's this hyper intelligent guy. You have to be to come up with like the things he's doing. Um, he's got three soldiers pointing guns at him. <laughs> Why would he pull a pistol? Mm. Like they're, they're not going to kill him. Um, admittedly, they're going to take his research, which he doesn't want, but. Let's be honest, it's not something he can't deal with. Um, so that just seemed a bit a bit cheap to me in that sense. Um, 
I got a bunch of stuff written down here so about the story, so I'm just going to I'm just going to run through my go for my it. thoughts here. Um, this one isn't really story related, but um, watching the Birkin stuff through the tapes, um, I re- like we spoke about it when we were talking about what we expected from the game the uh, the last time we talked about it. It would have been so good if they were short sections where you were playing as the as the USS soldier sneaking up because he drops down through the grates mm. um, to ambush him. Like, give me a bit of of that. Give me a little a little section where I can like sneak up on Birkin and then let me pull the trigger on him myself. Oh man, yeah, let me shoot him. Let me cause the the problem. You know that would be hilarious. <laughs> um, I think that um, Ben could have could have been used a bit more. Um, he was pretty throwaway. He didn't really tell you anything you didn't know. Um, although I will say his scene is probably my favorite scene of the game. His death looked insane to me. I loved it. Just his head just popping against the wall uh, and his eyeball like squeezed out between Mr. X's fingers. Um, that was crazy. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, another story beat, I felt that the Plant 43 section was a, a bit of a disappointment. Um, I wish that the plant had had been a bit more involved, although I can understand kind of where they came to. Um, it might be a bit of a weird gameplay experience to like be suddenly fighting a, like an actual plant or something, especially given the tone of the rest of the game. Um and I felt that in this version, Annette came across as a lot more sympathetic, um, maybe even a little more so than Ada. Um, I felt like she she never really came super across as a villain. Her biggest crime seemed to be that she wasn't a very good mother. Um, but I think in real life, I mean, you know, between two parents that are like super scientists that are like more married than that to their work than each other that would be an unfortunate byproduct of that marriage is a, a daughter that is basically until till it's too late um not really regarded at all um so i felt i, I felt like i wish that more of like a net um backstory and stuff i wish that time was afforded more into the, the main characters i think um, yeah, but I, other than that, I really enjoyed it. I don't disagree with any of your points, really. To be fair, I really, I did have some issues with some of the telling of the story, um, especially when I was sitting there thinking about new players experiencing this who haven't played the original. Um, the characterization, I think, in general, was really good, pretty much across the board. I liked the new Ben, and his redesign was pretty cool and unexpected as well. Um, Annette. I thought they pulled off really well. I actually quite like the fact that you don't really get the full um, sort of what she's dealing with unless you play both runs because on Claire's run, you kind of see her as sort of almost resistant to helping Sherry because she's got so much going on. And then in Leon's run, you kind of have the reason why because she's trying to stop the G-Virus leaking any further. Um, Ada and Leon's relationship seemed much more, you know, expanded upon and real, which, to be fair, it would be hard to be worse. Um, <laughs> Leon and Claire's very few moments were good. There's a particular version of that sort of scene uh, where they're at the fire escape with some flirting and that kind of thing that, that comes off really, really well. And I love the characterization of both of them. They, they, they got those both right. 
which was great. The only one that I wasn't super keen on was Irons. I think they went really over the top with him. He kind of went from this subtle, creepy kind of guy with his secrets underground that really only comes to unwrap once you get there. Whereas in Remake, he seems to be fully aware that he's a psychopath and just kind of like wades into it. Um, but that's just me. Steve, yeah, how do you I... feel about the... Uh... Oh, sorry, go on, Adam, you had a point. Oh, sorry, but I just wanted to jump in about Irons because I, I didn't mention him and I actually enjoyed him a lot. Um, so I have a bit of a different feeling to, to you with mm. that. Um, I felt like he came across to me um, when you first met him in the parking garage that like, I feel like his character came across that he felt like he was important to Umbrella. Like he was like doing, you know, like working with them or, or whatever. And it, he kind of got left behind in, in the, the resulting madness. And like, he's now in a place where um, it's super dangerous. There's zombies everywhere. And he, kind of just left to be like okay fine thanks a lot sir i think he's like a, a narcissistic evil man that has been left in a position that he didn't think he would be in and i felt like that carried through you know he he was just um i felt i really liked the character that's fair enough that's fair enough steve how did you feel about the characters i know you've probably got a lot to say on this oh okay well generally Generally, I liked how everyone was a little bit, should we say, more human and less robotically hokey. But um, I kind of am gutted that Annette at no point said, you murdered my husband. And, you know, the usual ranting and going a bit over the top about how she's trying to protect the G-Virus. That being said, though, I think the star of the show is still Marvin. I, <laughs> you know, I genuinely feel for that man. And he did everything he could to save us. And we still, I feel almost morally obligated when you return to the RPD to put the guy out of his misery because he did his best, you know. <laughs> I agree. You know? I did. I did shoot him. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to avoid a lot of zombies, but when it came to Marvin, I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Marvin. I got to. I got to kill you." You know. Yeah. It's exactly. for you, not for me. Yeah. And uh, what else? Well, Ada. You know, she's. Uh, I like the idea that she's now got some kind of cover story, other than I'm looking to find my boyfriend. His name's John. <laughs> he used to work at a branch. I, I could just recite this. Sorry, but she's got an actual. <laughs> An actual cover story that's sort of cheesy, but still works. Uh, Especially yeah, I, considering that Leon is so naive that he, he totally works in that way. Yeah, but he's, he's going the whole rookie cop angle. He's trying to like you know work on the case, and that's why he wants to get the G virus, as opposed to I'm just helping this lady because she's looking yeah. for a boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah, and Irons, I can see what you mean, but it's kind of like his old. Um, how could I do everything? But they've done this for the, you know, they betray him. He sees he's being betrayed by Umbrella. I think the whole diatribe's in like an earlier note, like yeah. not verbatim, but from the RE2 one when he's ranting, uh, and he's just more obviously deranged. Whereas mm. before, he seems like a broken man with a corpse on his table, basically going, "Oh, f my, you know, f my life," kind of deal. Turns out he's actually a, a few crows short of a. Well, what is it? Rookery? <laughs> well, murder know. of crows, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's the one. Sorry. Ironically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, sorry, there's no crows. Oh. I suppose, to be fair, um, <clears throat> Iron's kind of character in the original Resident Evil 2, when put into context of everything, um, and this is me getting a bit more lore-heavy, is a little bit odd because we find out an outbreak and stuff like that. And in fact, actually, I think there might even be files in Resident Evil 2 that basically tell you he's 
been wandering around the RPD the last few days shooting police officers in the back for fun. Um, so yeah. he's lost it at this point. So I suppose the characterization in Remake 2 um, is a much more like tied together sort of thing. And, and that's fine. I just, it was a little bit sort of like jarring for me, I think. And I'll, it'll be something that over time I'll be like, yeah, okay, it fits. It works. I say, I love Claire's reaction when she finds out, that guy's the police chief? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's like, oh, yeah. Rarely upset parent goes to find daughter from Maniac. <laughs> oh. Jordan, how do you feel about the story and characters? Uh, well, as far as like pacing was concerned, um, I feel like it's been uh, sort of directed towards sort of uh, a shorter play style. Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, I took about twelve hours on my run, so <laughs> those those cutscenes seemed a little bit more fleeting. But I thought they were just right if you were doing a shorter run of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, a standout scene for me was when they get to Kendo's shop. Um, and, you know, Leon and Ada are talking to him as he's trying to get to grips with the fact that he's lost his daughter, effectively, uh, to the virus and stuff. Uh, there was obviously some, you know, fantastic kind of performance capture going on there. And um, I, I think it's it's obviously it's a world away from the kind of the cheesy hokey beginnings of, uh, you know, the original Resident Evil games as far as cutscenes were concerned. Um so it's 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 really cool to kind of see uh, as time progresses those kind of story cutscenes sort of progress and mature in that respect. Um, I loved the relationship between Leon and Ada. As you say, the the cover story is much better. It makes makes much better sense. It also makes sense for why Leon is sort of so easily led along. Um, not yeah. just because Ada seems to come out of nowhere and save his life a couple times. Um, but because she's there on, you know, an FBI case and, you know, he is, you know, effective, effectively lower on the pecking order and stuff. Um, but yeah, acting overall was really good. Um, I haven't uh, experienced anything with um, Iron, so I, I don't know too much about that side of the story. Um, but from, you know, from my experience with, you know, with the lab, um, yeah, all of the interactions with Annette were really good. Uh, yeah, I think it, it stands on its own. Like, even if you were just watching the cutscenes, I think they stand on their own really well. Um, but the performances are, are great. So it kind of sets your mind running of all other kinds of scenes that you could see that, you know, you, you remember from the originals being reimagined in, say, uh, Nemesis and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, and like you were saying before, it's so good this has come out now in this generation, thinking about those cutscenes and how incredible they look. And and cinematic is sometimes a word that gets used to mean over-the-top, sort of bombastic, but cinematic in a, in a more subtle way that it, it feels true to itself, but also way, way, way bigger and, and, and much more 21st century appropriate. And touching on Kendo, that's one that we didn't bring up. I really love the unexpected changes there. It was so different to the original character, but he served the story so well by sort of offering that moment for Leon and Ada to push their characterizations forward and have that conversation and uh, and move onwards with the story. So, yeah, the plotting is quite well done. The pacing is quite well done. Um, there is some issues with the fact that the second run is very, like, barely different that's that's obviously a problem and that's kind of what i was getting to earlier when i feel like it was added perhaps later in development 
um, Claire A, Claire B, that they're really very similar. It's just some enemy. Yeah, I stuff I didn't like. realize I'm playing Claire B. Uh, sorry, Claire A through at the moment, and I, I am a little disappointed in that. Where I'm like, oh, I kind of played like a condensed version of this already when yeah. I did my second run. Mm. It just, if they'd have done, if they'd have split the Birkin fights maybe a little bit like they did in the old one, make it a bit more varied, that probably would have helped a lot. Yeah, it is It is that, isn't it? As also because you have to fight the same boss fights for all four runs for, for a lot of them. Unless I haven't played Claire B yet, but if Leon B, if Leon B is anything to go by, Claire is going to fight every single form Birkin has, and that just yeah. doesn't seem quite right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and why does Birkin stage four act more like He's less of a dog now. <laughs> He's still got one charge attack. He, he does. He does do the dog thing a, a bit, but uh, I, I liked him a lot. He was I a love bit that more new design. Yeah, it's, he. It's the perfect. All of the G designs. Five. The five was excellent. I love the five. Oof. Uh, one last observation about the performance. Um, I really like uh, Leon's voice actor. I think he did a really good job of yeah. kind of characterizing Leon. Um, cause I was, I was then watching clips of uh, Leon Kennedy and a lot of other things like, um, like the CG movies and, and four and that, and he sounds, he, he obviously it's, it's a different character at that point. He's, he, he's, he's past the events of Resident Evil mm. two, but he's a lot more grizzled. Whereas here, it sounds like a kind of like perfect voice for somebody who is quite open and naive and is a rookie cop. Uh, he's, you know, first week in the forest and that, and, um, yeah, I, I thought he kind of like nailed that. Um, so I, I, I think you know the the voice acting overall was really good, but uh, yeah, Leon stands out to me. Obviously, I played the his playthrough, so he stands yeah. out to me more. Well, this is fair. There is uh, I had a moment a couple of days ago where I was doing a Leon run, and he he just made like a yelp of surprise or something as something I don't know burst into the room, whatever it was, and it sounded yeah, it sounded straight up like Leon. It's a good voice match. Um, um, I don't know if the voice is the face in the same way that I think the Claire voice actor is also the face model. But either way, it's it's a good pick, I think, for face and voice. The, I don't think it is. I think right, the okay. voice is different to the face. That, yeah. yeah, that wouldn't surprise me considering how sort of accurate both of them are. And whilst you guys were talking about favourite G forms, I actually booted up the game and was flipping through the models recently in the rec the uh, bonus section where you can look at all the character models and stuff. Super Tyrant, I didn't even realise. You zoom in on his face. It's awful. Like, he's missing most of his jaw. He's got that sort of, like, cut yeah. underneath his eye just like he had before, but now it, it's really strikingly gross. It's really cool. Usually these sort of, like, bonuses in the game, in games, is not something that I care that much about. But I've, yeah, been really enjoying looking at just how grisly some of these uh, models are by, like, really zooming in and looking at the fine details. Getting a good look at the crocodile and that kind of thing. I say the Why zombies, that... each animation's a different one as well, so you can appreciate all the models, which is nice. That's cool. Yeah, why? Why I was wondering. Actually, my wife commented she I, she was sitting watching while I, while I played through um, on the Saturday after, and she she commented on like why is like this guy's biggest issue just falling off of things all the time? <laughs> she she was like every time you fight him, he seems to fall somewhere. It's like just stay near the edge of things. So that's that's pretty accurate, to be fair. Though. <laughs> William Birkin's blasting off again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Sonny Barrow in the chat says, did we all like the Super Tyrant? Uh, he personally didn't like the look compared to the original. It's different. I... I'm not so sure about the body shape. He's a bit too, uh, yes. it's a bit too thick for me. But uh... I agree. The, the body shape was weird because like, it, it's almost entirely different from when he has the coat on. He seems shorter. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. And that's why, I guess that's probably why he always wears the coat. Like, everyone's like, why is this time wearing a coat? It's because it, like, Makes it's it like one of those, like, where you can buy that underwear that, like, holds your belly in. It's like one of those coats. <laughs> it just holds it. It makes him look super hench. And yeah, then when true. he takes it off, he's like a short, fat, bald man. Yeah, it's true. It's what the hat's for, some extra height. <laughs> yeah. so, Star, you've got the models up right now on your screen, right? No, I don't, um, unfortunately. Oh, but... uh, uh, well... You know that little control chip I was thinking about? I think we talked about on the little. There's a thing in the side of Tyrant's head. It's gone on the Super Tyrant. I'm wondering if they might have retconned what the power limiter is, and it's just in between you seeing him, he's had it blown out. Mm. He kind of just disappears in a ball of flame and then reappears as like, well, here's a classic Tyrant with trousers on. That's true, actually. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's visible in other cutscenes as well, isn't it? So it's, yeah. it's odd. Never, so his little chip's look. gone, so I guess he's just gone rogue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Want a better term? Yeah, fair uh, enough. Anyway, it's just a theory, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe it was the stockpile of ammo that I had, but uh, yeah, Super Tyrant was much less intimidating than you know typical sort of trench coat hat Mister X uh, stalking you through the RPD. I think as well because at that point in the in the run, you're quite used to fighting um, you know G virus mu mutations, uh, so you're uh -huh. used to like the big claw arms. You've just fought Birkin, so you're kind of used to that aspect, and you think, okay, here yeah. comes Mr. X, and oh, he's got a claw arm now as well. Um, I know, obviously, that was you know, probably in the in the original yeah. as well, but I would almost be more terrified if I was on that lift with just standard Mr. X. I think that, me. yeah, I think that, I mean, the way I felt about it, and I think, like, the general psyche is, is um, when you get to that point, you know, I mean, you're on, you're in a, a defined area and you know you have to beat him. Mm. So instantly in your brain, you're like, you switch into, oh, I can kill this guy now, as opposed to this guy is unkillable. Yeah, yeah um, that's yeah. fair. And it just, it, it's a little less effective. It was, it was an enjoyable fight. Um, I always kind of hate video game fights when it's in an obvious box. Like, I I don't mind if you know if you're going to give me a box to fight in, give me give me some scenery, give me some stuff in that box. Um, it's a bit less enjoyable when it's just like here's a square. Um, there's not really anything in it. Here's a monster. Kill it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's where the game kind of has that a lot. It does. Yeah, it does have. This is the boss fight. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah, most of them most of them felt not too bad though most of them had character or like the i just i'm literally playing right now um i literally i just beat the first burking as claire on my um claire a run through um and even though that's in a box it still has you know it's all the refinery stuff you still move around you know there's a little cat and mouse going on um, so it's still more engaging. Um, I, I wasn't too too impressed with the the super tyrant fight. It did look pretty cool, but at that point, I, I was pretty able to take care of him quite easily. Yeah, sure. That's a solid point about sort of like expectation towards the end of the game. Um, I, you know, when you know it's the the last fight, um, you're like, okay, I'm going to be alright because if I get through this, then I've done it. Um, 
uh, I, I kind of I had flashbacks of Arkham Asylum's last fight with that giant <laughs> oh, Joker. Wow. Oh yeah. god! <laughs> it, 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 it's it's like he was a G variant, you know. <laughs> but um, but but yeah, like I mean, you know, not to go off topic, but in that game, that had several boss fights which were much more intimidating throughout the game. And when you got to the last one, it was not as intimidating. And I completely see your point with regards to this, uh, the, the Super Tyrant. That it, that it feels like that that you like I'm, I'm on I'm on the home stretch, and besides at that point like I had a lot of ammo, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it did feel very throwbacky. Like for vintage Resi fans, if you if you see that two slot plug and you see an obvious place to put it, you think right, I'm basically reserving space for a rocket launcher, so I'm just gonna hold out for ten seconds and then bam, you know. But yeah, I, what made me laugh about? I mean, it it it's. <laughs> It's funny with with both examples on A and B of that that two slot plug. It's like um, here's the two slot plug, and right next to it is the place to put it. Like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's yeah. just like pick this up and put it in here. That's oh, a classic okay. resi trope, though, isn't it? I suppose so. <laughs> I was quite happy to see that because you walk in the next room and there's there's your super weapon. Um, right. Unless anyone's got any other final points, we'll move on to the last bit, which of course would be to talk about where we think the future is with this and how this impacts the rest of the series. While we're talking about boss fights, does anyone have any particular favourites? I mean, mine particularly is actually Form 2 Birkin because there's a little bit more to it than just blast it. You have to smash it with a giant crate that's conveniently there. I like the boss fight, but I don't. it, it struggles with the, the fact that on multiple runs, it, it, it's it's kind of repetitive. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm leaning towards I, I didn't one, have maybe, actually. I, yeah, I, like I didn't the... have any standout boss fights in the game. Not that they were bad, um, but they were all essentially a variation of Shoot Some Eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a little disappointed in Stage 4, um, just because... It was just like, here's a minigun, take this to the boss. And, and then I just proceeded to minigun the boss. Um, which is, I guess is fine, but it, it took a lot of, like, when you get given something like that, you instantly drop a lot of fear because you're like, oh, I got a minigun now. Um, probably Burke in stage one, or if it can be counted, Brian Irons, when I was hiding from him in the orphanage, um, that felt to me like... I was probably more uh, nervous about that than I was about most of the game because it was an unknown area for a start. And secondly, it was, I honestly didn't know what would happen if he caught me. Mm. And I, I was kind of like on the edge about that. I didn't know if I wanted to see what would happen if he caught you. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed that. It wasn't necessarily a boss, but it was kind of like a little boss section essentially. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, actually, and to be fair, we didn't really. I mean, this this game is kind of it's a big deal, and there's a lot to talk about. And obviously, we can't touch on any for everything, so we did skip over some certain areas. The orphanage, I thought, was quite a cool little uh, side part for the story, and more than that, actually, I really loved in that Claire playthrough returning to the streets afterwards and kind of hopping over the dumpster which was very reminiscent that was game. excellent going, going through, through the, the basketball yeah and the bus that was excellent. i loved that i would and again i'd love to see more streets and i don't know if there's new areas coming in the dlc i would actually be surprised if there was I, but uh, I, it looks like on like i mean i know they 
released like the still like here's the character faces and stuff mm. but it looks like the uss guy is outside in in his little bit okay um, and i assume kendo would be as well there's yeah, no reason that would be the assumption to not be mm. so well, let's kendo hope we see more because, yeah, yeah right maybe so Special Officer Kendo, he's got his junior badge, you know. <laughs> <laughs> his brother's mates with all the Stars members, so right. it's possible, I suppose. Yeah, he's fair enough. A, he's got a little glorified USB stick. Yeah, yeah that's right, that's true, he's got his own. Uh, so yeah, in terms of, I mean, we were talking before at the, the top of the show about the sales figures and, and, and the general sort of reaction this game has had. Um, yeah, I think... The future, and we talked about sort of the brightness of the Resident Evil franchise. I think the future is is assured to be good at the moment. I think we're on a good track, and I, I really, I'm, I'm very confident that the next game, whatever it is, uh, is going to be pretty good as well. They've they've got me now, and I'm 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 actually fairly confident in Capcom at this point, which is nice to say for once. I want to say. That's uh, coming from you, Sai, I think that's really high praise because you were very worried about the remake at one that's point. That's true. Weren't you? I was. I was against this for a long time. I went through a long period. It's funny. I found an old tweet that I made in I don't know 2013, where I just Capcom tweeted. I don't know what it was, but I just responded with, and I was one of those guys. I was just like, "Yeah, where's remake?" <laughs> but uh, in, in subsequent years after that, like I've said before in this podcast, and like I've said to you guys, I didn't want it. I didn't think it could be done. I didn't think they could put it off. And, uh, well, I don't, yeah, they shut me up and I'm happy that they did. Uh, so, yeah, it gets high praise from me. I'll, I'll, I'll make a full in-depth review for my YouTube channel at some point, rest assured. But, uh, yeah, the future's bright for me and I think this is going to be a playthrough that we see, this, a, a play style, I should say, that we see a few more times definitely before it starts to get stale. Uh, there's definitely ways you can mix it up and change it and integrate it in different ways and expand upon it. Uh, whether that's Remake 3, RE8, Revelations 3, whatever you want to put out, I think this is going to be, yeah, I think this is going to be part of the future, this new this new feel. It's it's a great period of time. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, it, it feels like this series in, is in very good health at the mm. moment. And Capcom have always kind of been quite expansive with Resident Evil. Like The, the releases are never really that few and far between. Um, so... I could fully see that uh, if they do want to continue to experiment with Resident Evil 7's gameplay, they could do that alongside um, an over-the-shoulder style yeah. still. Um, with, with regards to you know the, the next remake, obviously it's already it's already being produced, right? So they're they're already kind of like on that path. Um, I I think there's some really good reading of the audience at the moment. Um, it really feels like Capcom um, have, have taken the time to listen um, and, and understand their own series. Um, so uh, the hope is um, that they t take the next step with, you know, quite a, a sort of a measured thought and, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't rush into anything mm. and they don't double down on anything Um and certainly don't chase any trends, which was ultimately where sort of the point after Resident Evil 4, that was where that started to happen, where they were chasing some uh, trends and game design choices that were happening in the industry. So they've just got to, they've just got to kind of like, you know, take it cautiously and Hopefully understand what went right. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I mean, you know, we're in that kind of period of time when people do want games that are, are, you know, are tough and, you know, and are scary again. And they don't just have to be um, something that you just you're just blasting through in sort of a casual sense. Uh, so I think they've got that kind of that solid groundwork now, and I'm sure they'll feel much better knowing that they've, you know, they've got a really solid engine behind them, and they've nailed down the, the foundations of the gameplay that they could realistically um, work through over the next half decade, maybe decade, mm. with with regards to games that they could put out. I know, obviously, lots of people will be asking for remakes for for Nemesis, for Code Veronica, maybe even some of the original games like Zero and One as well. So they've got lots to work with. Um, Just, you know, if I was in Capcom's shoes, I would just, I I would take it slow and and kind of enjoy the kind of the development and the the rebirth of of the series as it is right now. I think the guys in the chat have hit uh, the nail on the head a little bit. And this is, you know, we talked a lot on our first episode about Resident Evil being lots of different things to lots of different people. But uh, it is it is evident that certain games in the series stray way too far out. And like you were saying, chasing trends. Um, whether it's, it's a whole discussion for another day is just calling a game Resident Evil 6. Does that just make it Resident Evil but does it have to adhere to anything in particular whether or not that's true resident evil 2 yeah it, it feels like resident evil in in many different ways and and in the way that resident evil 6 tried to appeal to so many people i feel like 2 does that too but in much more measured ways that it's it's of the now but it, it has all those nods and takes kind of those experiences from the 90s and yeah resident evil feels like resident evil that's 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 true that's what's important here i think I mean, it's insane to think just a few years ago, Umbrella Courts was just I know. relief. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So it, it, Resident it, Evil was Revelations too. We it. <laughs> it's it's a mad it's a mad turnaround. It's a bit like um, it's a bit like Nintendo and their their handling of Metroid. One year they put out something like Federation Force, which feels completely out of touch with what fans actually want, and then all of a sudden they're remaking Metroid Two, and they're going to make a Metroid Prime Four. Uh, those Eventually. kind of gear shifts. Um, eventually yeah, yeah. Th- those those gear shifts um, they're completely unexpected but they're so widely embraced because you know the fans know what they want ultimately um, so when they actually tune into that and they get the you know the right level of interest um, they've got that solid backing and I really hope that this game sells well I know it's already had a you know fantastic week solid week frankly I hope it does at least three times that in you know at least by the end um because this is like the best that the over the shoulder um camera uh, resident evils have been for me for quite a few years um i I know there's obviously there's there's room for improvement in certain aspects i mean you know we didn't have much to say about the boss battles that's something that they could definitely improve upon but they've got such a good foundation right now and it just seems so insane only a couple of years prior to this, it felt like the over the shoulder had completely lost its way and it was just being kind of trotted out by Capcom in any way that they could see financially viable. Mm. Now they've got something that is not only solid, but it's also financially viable and it's a great future ahead for, for Resident Evil. 
Well, I'm say not. Oh, go go for it. I would say not to echo what everyone else has said, but it is it's it's literally it's straightforward and true, isn't it? That Resident Evil has now had two straight bona fide hits in a row, and up until seven, everyone was like kind of pessimistic or burnt out, and the future's bright, and everyone's now just bickering as to whether they want a Resident Evil Eight or a Code Veronica or a Resident Evil Three, and it's nice to see people are excited again and people want new, well maybe rehashes, but you know more Resident Evil stuff along the line. Mm. Me personally, I'd see. I'd rather have eight. I'd rather tread some new ground and mix it up, and then maybe go back and do a remake. But I think we've said that before. Yeah, but I think we're all in agreement that as long as the product is good, whatever it is, we'll take it. It's nice to see Resident Evil doing well. It's nice to see the community exactly. in higher spirits for the most part. Um, but uh, let's let's wrap up this part because uh, Jordan mentioned something there perfectly about this being his favourite. Uh, or, or rather a much better interpretation of the over the shoulder and we'll move on to our bite-sized discussion segment So our bite-sized discussion subject this week comes from Sharky from the Discord server and he asks, and this is quite a big question and maybe a little bit too early for some people, but let's see what you come up with. Where does Resident Evil 2 2019 currently fall in your favourite games from the series? Oh boy, Steve, would you like to start this? Oh, right, me on the landmine then. Oh. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> right, um, I think, all right, being as as uh, trying to be as new toy syndromeless as possible, trying to be as impartial as possible. I think it's in the top five. I actually kind of still think I'm going to play Resident Evil 2 vanilla more, but Resident Evil 2 is in the top five 2019. I, it may even be at number two, but the sheer nostalgia for the first one is still higher. All right, and I still... It, all right, let's try and not shell it. Should, it's probably going to go It should two, be pointed out. Uh, favorite doesn't necessarily mean you think it's a better game. Nostalgia is a big uh, part of it, so it's all down all right. to your personal experience and preference. That's that's the way I see uh, it. Okay, well then, then it, it's it's definitely in the top five, debatably maybe at number two. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, Adam, what about you? Um, it's up there. Um. I think it's probably my second favorite. Oh, no, it's probably tied from like this might upset people. Resident Evil 4 is my favorite still, just in terms of replayability, mm -hmm. just because it's a bit more action orientated. Um, I felt like this, this Resident Evil 2 feels like a, a step forward from that in terms of, of the look of it, but I still just like running through and killing stuff on 4. It's just, <laughs> but after that, um, this and, and the first remake, um, I think both are ones that I'll keep coming back to. Like the first remake, I play a lot. Um, and I, I think I'll play this probably at least once a year, solidly. I'm, I'm really excited for the DLC. Um, I can't wait to, uh, to play as the USS Soldier and kill that moth. Um, <laughs> because obviously yes. if he's not in the game, that's, everyone has to have a last boss, right? That's how it works. So I'm assuming the USS soldier is going to be fighting his way through like a giant moth nest. 
Um, with anyone. Like, them off. I'm fine with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's probably in terms of, in terms of um, feeling, atmosphere, it's probably my favorite. Um, closely followed by remake. In terms of how often will I play this, um, four probably pips, just like because I said I, I, I just enjoy running through four. I know that game like the back of my hand now. So, um, yeah. Jordan, what about you? I don't necessarily have like a, a ranking going on because the games are obviously they're so wildly different. Mm. Um, the, the series is so big that you could you could look at all kinds of games. But um, I would say this: I feel like it um, it gives me the same feeling that's on par with how I felt about Resident Evil Four when I when I played through that. Um, you know that it felt like an experience, and yeah, it is completely different as far as a philosophy is concerned like their, their their approach to gameplay is entirely different so it kind of feels like it's uneven footing for me as far as like the you know the best in the series my favorite is in the series it feels like it is on on the same footing as both resident evil 4 and the uh and the remake um because uh, remake uh was, it was just about the way that it would petrify you with fear um and Resident Evil 2, the remake, has that. And, but at the same time, it obviously has the similar gameplay to Resident Evil 4. But I feel like there is a, a maturity to it in comparison to Resident Evil 4. 4, you can have a ton of fun with. When, by the time you get about a third away into the game and you start building up your, your arsenal, you really kind of get into the flow of the action. Um, with, with 2, it is still firmly in survival horror and so yeah I, I would say that this is another sort of you know watershed moment for for the mm. series for me it really kind of feels like a, another title that kind of stands out we've had a lot of games that have kind of tried to hone in on that obviously revelations is is one of those in, in recent memory that's tried that but i would st i would feel like this is the game that's really kind of stood up to that caliber um in recent years that's fair yeah I sh this is why I caveated with favourite because number one for me is always going to be uh, whatever you want to call it classic OG original Resident Evil Two. It just because, Resident Evil Two ninety eight. Yeah, absolutely. The original Resident Evil Two is the game that introduced me to the series. It's the one I played the most, so I, I am uh, unequivocally in love with that game. Um, Remake One would probably be my number two. I think if I was talking about best games in the series. That's probably the one for me. I think that's the purest uh, form of Resident Evil and that kind of thing. I do think Resident Evil 2's remake is in my top three, so I'm really happy to hear everyone else say pretty much similar things, um, which is interesting. Uh, I mean, I said the same thing about 7, so I'm not sure if it pushed 7 out or, or, or the original Resident Evil or what. I'd have to write them all down to figure out exactly, but if I did that, definitely top five. Pretty sure it's in my top three. Uh, for the time being at least, I'd, I'd be surprised if it manages to beat out the other two and get higher. I think it's one of the best games that's been released in the franchise for a very, very, very long time. And uh, yeah, Watershed Moment is a good way of putting it, definitely. This is the, like we said at the beginning, this is sort of, could potentially be a big turning point. So it's it's good to see everyone here react so well to it, as well as people in the server and, and people on Twitter uh, and even casual fans. I've seen lots of casual fans, if you want to put it that way, say, yeah, this game has beaten out Resident Evil 4 for me, which is 
no easy task. So very happy about that. So it's nice seeing a smatterings of people who haven't played Resident Evil games before rating this game really high as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well then, nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors. If you'd like to be part of the show, then please look into auditioning for file readings. One way to get in touch is to email us at fasprayPod@gmail.com. But of course, the best course of action is to join the Discord server where you can also ask questions for the bite-sized discussion, discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans, and listen to the podcast live as it's being recorded. The link to the server is in the description of this podcast and also on all of our social media platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at FASprayPod, on Instagram at FASprayPod, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash FASprayPod. You can find the podcast on YouTube, Stitch, Spotify and iTunes and if you enjoyed the show please do leave us an iTunes review or review wherever you can it helps spread the word our next episode is probably sooner than we anticipated we're going to have to shuffle our schedule slightly because the Ghost Survivors comes out February 15th so likely we'll be reconvening uh, a little time after that to talk about that as well thank you to the panel you can follow us all individually on Twitter I'm at Siniac underscore one two three. Steve is at Firebutton Games. Jordan is at Serialbox sixty four. And Adam isn't on Twitter, but you can find him on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Mr. Lucky Paint, where he paints all kinds of board game and miniatures of all kinds. The Resident Evil 2 board game is finally on its way to the US, so you'll be seeing some Resident Evil content from him on that page as well. So go hit like. Finally, thank you all for listening and have a good week. in the bag thank you all for coming to listen this was no it was enjoyable i always like doing it it's a good time ah the liquor just jumped through the damn interrogation window. <laughs> 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 and there's our bumper outtake <laughs> <laughs>